Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Save 20% off your first order when you go to www.getbombas.com slash row. Bombas are so cool. They're carefully knitted and designed for extreme leisure and athletic performance. Anytime you purchase a pair of socks, Bombas donates a pair of socks to someone who's in need of socks. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is the World of Row Podcast. And introducing your host, Standing at 6'5", weighing 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos! Hey, 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 hey. All right, everyone, sit back and tune in and turn up the volume because it's now time for the World of Roel Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Roel. I'm this adoring friend wonderful husband and family but most of all not that those are discounted especially the family part because i love my family more than anything i'm a podcast and welcome to the show this is my show that kind of sounds redundant anyway <laughs> this podcast is available to you every single friday on itunes worldofworld.com google play wherever you listen to your podcasts the best way that you can help out my show is by taking the time to write a review write a review on itunes rate review and subscribe as they often like to say or most of us like to say as far as podcasters go Take the time to write the review. Let your friends know about it. Let me know about it. Tell me what you dig and love about the show through an email or something. And then, you know, text it out. Show them that you left a review to one of your friends or maybe your family members and how much you enjoy my podcast. And it's always, always much appreciated. The other way, of course, is going to the Patreon.com page. That's Patreon.com. I'm flabbergasted, guys. I do apologize. Go to Patreon.com slash World of Row. You can donate $1, $2, $3, $4, whatever type of dollars you want to donate. Uh, by doing that, you become a patron of the page of the podcast, and you get insight to bonus content. And uh, I would really, really appreciate it, guys. All right. So oh, I needed to do that, like a big sigh. Um. It's been a long day. Uh, I I met I did this uh, you know monologue a few days ago and it was well first off Merry Christmas right that's what I was getting at the monologue. Um, hope you had a happy holiday with your friends, family, and you got everything you wanted. If you wanted a gift, if you're one of those people that needed a gift, um, I wish I wish it would have I would have had more time. You know, we spent most of the day. Uh, we spent the night in Alice, got to hang out with family. It was great. Saw my mom and dad. Um, my net daughter got to play with my nephew. And it was just a whole lot of fun. But like anything, it's always too short as far as family time goes. Um, came back into town, got right back up, went to work. And now I'm doing the grind. And I was supposed to drop this on Christmas Day. And I do apologize, guys. Family time gets sidetracked. But either way, you're getting an extra episode this week. And um, I hope that you all have had a wonderful time with your families, and I hope you continue to enjoy. There's a lot of exciting times in the next five or six days. We have the new year coming in, and my birthday's coming. I will have a birthday on Wednesday. Today is December 26th. So if you listen to this show and we're friends on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I expect a happy birthday from you. Yes, you better tell me happy birthday. Anyway, um... Uh, this uh, this is part two of my conversation with Chris Mata. You guys listened to it. You loved it. You enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Uh, this is still 
our same conversation and it just kind of continues right where we left off. And I will say this about Chris is that he was a great dude and he's a funny comedian. He's just a well-rounded guy, has a lot going for himself and he speaks pretty confidently about what he's wanting to do and what he's trying to accomplish. And one of the things that I gathered from him through our podcast is that he's a very, very proud family man. And I can only strive to get to that level. And I mean, I, I am a very proud family plan. I love my daughter. I love my wife. I love our, that we have a baby coming. And um, it's just now I have, I have kids. I'm going to have kids, plural. Like before, I just I have a kid. She's two and she's funny and she's hyper and she's all those things. But just, you know, family is important. You guys have families. You know what I'm talking about. Um. Friday's episode will be coming out, and it is going to be, I'm going to be doing like a 2016 year in review kind of thing, but I'm also going to be doing like a little AMA, so um, my sister will actually be hosting the podcast on Friday, and it was a lot of fun, so here's a, here's a backstory to that, and I mean, I'll talk, to, talk about it briefly before we start the show, and I don't mean to get sidetracked, but she asked me, she said, hey, I want to ask you questions, but can we do it on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, sure, so a lot of stuff came up, <laughs> good questions, entertaining questions, it's an entertaining podcast, so I hope that you are going to listen to it, because it's going to be very, very good, and like this podcast, and like all the other 53 episodes that we have on World of Row. When I say we, I mean me, because it's only me doing this podcast. It's all DIY. It's me hustling, trying to gain some listeners, trying to grow my audience, trying to use the sponsors that I have and help you guys save some money if you're going to do that. Just like going to Gamefly or Bombas or Audible. Take advantage of all those things, guys. Anyway, it's time to listen to this amazing podcast with Chris. I've, I think the last couple of monologues I've spoken enough but Friday, I'll speak even more. So uh, let's start the podcast now with Chris, guys. Enjoy. Yeah. So when we talk about uh, a different level of class, these people actually do feel like gods. And, when I, and I didn't see that until I moved to L.A., um, that I was fortunate enough to actually go to um, a couple of parties where celebrities are there. I'm not yeah. going to name drop, yeah, but sure, the sure. big, I'm like, I can't believe I'm in the same, what am I doing? I somehow got in. Sure. Uh, I won't tell you how, sure. but I got there. <laughs> and uh, Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I got it. To, the, when, when I get to this, and we're, and we're talking like a low end a uh, big time party, not even like the big, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is as you move up. Uh, not saying that I moved up because I just I just got in there. <laughs> Luckily, um, I wasn't on the guest list. I was a plus one. We'll just put it that way. So, um, uh, but th- as soon as you pull up, they they have their own. Uh, people are waiting there at the door with drinks. You walk in, the booze is just free flowing. Food as as much as you want celebrities are there it's just a completely different feel like even the energy is different you uh when you walk in you know you're somewhere now um so but parties like um uh like that um introduced me to and this is someone's throwaway money they're just like yeah i'm gonna throw a party and it's whatever and uh that 
when Dave Chappelle was talking about it's a whole other level. Um, and when Oprah Winfrey or Bill Cosby are just calling you, uh, it's because you're do- you are very influential now. Um, so, and that was what that's what was happening to him, right? That, that right. Yeah. So they began to discredit him. Yeah. And I feel like that's what will happen to anybody that says anything. Any the guy who was doing the uh, JFK um, uh, uh, investigation, um, he's been discredited. You know, they're just like he's a crackpot. Um, Oliver Stone. Well, he's just a director. He's a film. He's a controversial <laughs> film director, and that's how they get rid of what he said in JFK. Oh, you like JFK? Yeah, that Oliver Stone boy. He really likes to. He's just <laughs> controversial. It takes a narrative away from what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how they go about anybody who blows the whistle or or yeah. finds some wants to share some short some sort of truth. Yeah. Um. So, um. When I. Had when my child became ten, my oldest, I started getting into politics and 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 trying to learn how I can make it. Because sure, we can be better people, right? Um, but how how what good does being a good person do? Well, it, it makes me feel good because I feel good, and every and everything's happy in my life because I change my perspective. If right. something bad happens, if I don't like something, I could just walk away from it. But what are what what about the the rules or the laws that govern us that really have an uh, an effect on our entire uh, society on our country? Um, so I decided that when in school I would get into the student government, the student politics, and mm-hmm. learn how. Uh, because in, in 10 years, 15 years, I I could see that I would be in office. Right. I can actually see that to to help make the America that I would like to see. And every politician does that. Right. They want to make the America that they see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to give, give concessions because of uh, revolving door, uh, the revolving door uh, lobbying. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with revolving door lobbying, you might want to look it up and that Will that will say, uh, pharmaceutical companies have they give they spend the most money on sure. lobbying, yeah, especially revolving door politics. It's it's a very terrible system that we have going on, and uh, terrible in that uh, ideas uh, that fit a corporation's agenda uh, will you can buy a politician like the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, that clearly it's wrong. You don't go over sacred land with a with the oil. You wouldn't allow that to go through Arlington Cemetery. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And right, let's right. put the pipeline through. People would be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you put it through a Native American and they're like, oh, oh it's, yeah. and that's fine. Uh, but it's not until all the veterans get together that they're like, this is wrong. <laughs> but it wasn't until the veterans soldiers got involved who knew what they were doing. What is a soldier good at? What is their main? It's to preserve the integrity of the United States of America. Right. Right. Uh, uh, against uh, what is it? Uh, terrorists. Foreign and domestic, right? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. they saw domestic terror, and they went to go help it to get these soldiers. Be and what are they also good at? Fighting. They are taught to kill. Now the other Native Americans, they're not taught to. What I, I people probably probably still see them with bows and arrows. What are they going to ride around their horses, <laughs> shooting arrows at our tanks? You know. Yeah. Uh, but whenever it comes to uh, trying to change something in our government. Yeah. And our government says, uh, the U.S. government says, 
peaceful protests, everybody. Peaceful protests. Let's keep it peaceful. And meanwhile, they're in their riot gear shooting things or prepared to. What has a peaceful protest ever done for us? When, when has it ever changed? Uh, you could look at what Martin Luther King Jr. did, right? Right. But did it really change anything? Was there this revolution? Because from what I understand, we're now getting our civil rights taken away, like with the voter, voter IDs. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, our civil rights are deteriorating. Right. Uh, you still had that whole thing with uh, Katrina happening, with uh, all those African-Americans who perished. in the, the They didn't take care of the levees. They don't take whatever. And then it bursts, and then all these black people die, and then they put in the Superdome. Where all terrible things happen. Yeah. Or um, in the Astrodome So too. <laughs> did it really help this peaceful protest? Well, it got us, it got, it got them the ability to go into these restaurants, right? Uh, Gandhi. What happened with Gandhi? You know, a peaceful yeah. protest will usually end, uh, end in somebody dying through violence. Um, I think that would be the only case where, uh, um, what is it, passive resistance worked. Right. Um, but a ton of people had to die. Right. So yeah. is it a peaceful protest? No, there's going to be violence there's involved. Be some collateral damage. If you and and when we say peaceful protest, yes, sure, we'll be peaceful. Yeah. But the other side might be very violent. True. And when violence comes in, that's when things start to change. You're not going to walk down like uh, we start. Uh, you're not going to walk down and just go like we <laughs> protest whatever, yeah, and yeah, yeah. because they really will just shut their doors and go. We don't. We don't even need to hear you. You'll be gone tomorrow. You have yeah. jobs to get to. You can't do this forever. Wow. Um, so take, for instance, we would like things to change in Syria, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, why don't we just ask them to protest peacefully? <laughs> and why do we send soldiers over there with ammunition and guns? Because there is no way to have um, uh, change, real change, a, a revolution without some sort of confrontation right it's just not going to happen um so when they say peaceful protest peaceful protest uh what they're telling us is just hey sit there and complain and we're going to be in our office and thank you very much (laughs) uh that's a way to uh to control your population because what you don't need is a well-informed uh uh, well-educated population and if you do educate them give them things that we want them. So they basically want us to be like the, the people in Wally. Yes. Right? Yes. See, I thought it was a very good movie. It was good for kids, but I felt like as adults, it we could, whoa, you know, it blew my mind. Wally was really like computers have feelings and they will take care of you. Yeah. While you lay around and you, and humans are bad and we will be, we're susceptible, we're susceptible to, all of the comforts that we can create for ourselves. Right. And these these uh, machines will help you live that life, right. and they are people too. So you want to take care of these uh, uh, inanimate objects. So become puppets. Right. So when you see people with their, self, with their, with their iPhones, they're treating it like a baby. They yeah, really like, care for it. You, know. you, you look at your iPhone more than you do a lot of people, than your own child. And then when, you're, then when you ask that person to look at their, their own behaviors, they get upset. Right. Um, but it's not their fault. It's just what they're being fed. It's what they're being shown in television and in movies. Um, uh, and that's one perspective. That's my perspective. Sure, it could be yeah, a very no, cynical no. perspective. It's not cynical at all. I think it's very... I mean, I was watching a Steve Jobs documentary and they were talking about how people were just, you know, it's created 
created a very socially awkward country. Yeah. Because we've become so dependent on these things. Uh, so the discrediting of anybody who's telling the truth and the, uh, um, uh, what, what, what was the other, the, oh, the, uh, the government and, yeah. the, and the peaceful protesting. Sure. It's all these things. It's because it's not just one thing that's gonna um, that's gonna make an American feel ignorant or remain ignorant, or I can't even say American. Just people in the just world, because people, yeah, yeah. even Al Jazeera has uh, an agenda. When they're you know whoever they're, the BBC has an agenda. Right, it's right, not right, just right. American. Right. It's it's global. Um, so I decided I'm going to get into politics because I'm going to. Uh, learn how to make these changes sure learn how because that's my own way of a peaceful protest is to get into politics and And do it within the law yeah within the confines of the law right i can do this so so out of all this stuff that you and you apply this to your craft with like your comedy yes yeah uh and and that's another thing like if when you uh I would like to. I'm going to really try to apply it to how I advertise myself because it's, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's not a sexy subject. Like, <laughs> hey, let's go and listen to our family. You know, <laughs> oh, he talks about family. Issues. If they wanted, fa- because honestly, if you talk about family issues, who was really good at that? Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, what is he? Must have something to hide. No, you know what? I was a terrible husband. Uh, all my cards are out on the table. I have yeah. nothing to hide. And when you have nothing to hide, it becomes very freeing. Mm-hmm. And and um, I mean, if if I am hiding something and somebody finds finds it, please let me know so I can expose it. Yeah. You know, I, I just, um, uh, I mean, I don't want you in my personal life, but if you know, if I've, um, uh, you know, like Bill Cosby was drugging women, like that's a big one. That that, that is. But, uh, I, I mean, look, I mean, it, not to defend Donald Trump or Bill Cosby. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, men can at sometimes be creepy yeah. and you go up uh, and, and then uh, I, I've never, this hasn't happened to me, but it's happened to some, you know, you kiss a woman and she's like, what are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I read the signal wrong, you know? And <laughs> yeah, then yeah. if you become famous and that person's like one time he kissed me and I didn't consent to it, you know? And then you're and like, gets, Oh, come on. You know, it it's gets kind of blown out of proportion. Yeah. I can see where you're um, saying that. How many times have you come out naked from, you know, your bedroom into the uh your friends you know she's sitting there and you're like oh i got the wrong signal (laughs) i you were watching (laughs) we were watching jeopardy and you clearly wanted you clearly wanted to have sex with me i I read it wrong i'm sorry (laughs) and then she's gonna blow that way out of proportion sure sure naturally (laughs) one time we were watching jeopardy and I grew up thinking that if we're on the two hundred dollar questions answer, that she wants to have sex with me. That's how I was brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I could see that. So while I'm not defending Bill Cosby at all, because right. I don't, I'm not in court and I don't know the entire story. But what I do know is that if if some woman just comes out and she's and she doesn't say like he gave me uh, uh, drugs or I felt drugged because these women actually did feel drugged, mm-hmm. and that's really ridiculous i mean he's bill cosby he could have whatever woman he wanted to right and women just have i know from my experience that uh and and i am not yet the level of the fame of a bill cosby but women will throw themselves at you and if you speak to them uh and anybody who's really charming knows this that somehow the woman you've sometimes the women will go home and they'll tell their friend like i don't even know how i ended up sleeping with him <laughs> right he just he was so yeah. such a smooth talker and they're yeah, like yeah. he got me <laughs> he got me and uh, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but you when you're Bill Cosby, you just have to be Bill Cosby and they're I'm not saying all women. Sure. I'm saying that there are people who are known as uh what the star effers, you know, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. um so you know, there's that story of Bill Cosby walking into the green room, that lady's there, he takes it out and she just performs on him. <laughs> and she's like, He came in, I didn't know what to do, he just pulled it out and I was like, Of course that's what you do. If somebody takes it out, you put your mouth on it. <laughs> right? That's what you do, right? Because or you just say, you say, right. what the heck are you yeah, doing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care who you are. If you're Bill Cosby, get that out of my face. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah. But in her head, I guess I have to put my <laughs> mouth on it. No, you don't. Um, uh, or uh, uh, like there's that one story of Elvis Presley who just he's talking. There's a secretary in there. He just picks her up, lifts up her dress and just starts having sex with her because wow. he's Elvis Presley. Right. Uh, now I'm now that is very promiscuous and unsafe behavior, and I sure. do not condone that. Right, right, right. Uh, it's just I could see how that lady could blow that out of proportion and be like, "I was sitting there, Elvis Presley just stood me up, lifted up my dress, and just started having sex with me." And all you would hear was, "You had sex with Elvis Presley, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah, you definitely would right. have heard that because you that uh, you know stars are awarded that sort of um, so. Uh, what are we talking? Oh yeah. So if I'm talking about family, then the person who talks about family in his comedy is Bill Cosby, and so it's I I, I could I could foresee uh, where my character starts to be assassinated or uh, you know the same way that other right. people do. So um, well, well, let me ask you this, man. I mean, I know you're talking about comedy, but how did you get into it? What was like your thing? Um, I mean, I, I, I wanted to ask you that, but we just kind of like dove yeah, right yeah, in. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh. Honestly, I'd never wanted to do anything else. Really? My entire life, I grew up watching Three's Company, and I wanted to be John Ritter, and uh, and I thought that's what was that's what comedy was that yeah. sort of slapstick Jerry Lewis sort of, uh, which is also comedy. Yeah, and which uh, by the way, I I think that's probably like one of the most hilarious characters of all time is Jack Tripper. He's the best. Yeah, he had a friend, Larry Dallas. <laughs> I, what, how more obnoxious of a name can you have than Larry Dallas, car salesman? <laughs> he was great. So I wanted to be that. And yeah. so a lot of my com- comedy at first was very physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an influence. But then I got my hands on shortly after uh, I saw John Ritter. When I was still in, excuse me, um, what grade was I? Sixth grade? Mm-hmm. I got my hands on George Carlin, Carlin on Campus. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just could not stop listening to it. <laughs> um, so then I would have these dreams of just, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. I'm going to make people laugh. And. Then I was 18, uh, and I was wondering, why aren't I famous yet? <laughs> and why aren't I doing what I said? Why? Kid Chris had these dreams, and why is 18-year-old Chris not following through on these dreams? Mm-hmm. What, what just happened? Oh, fear. I'm afraid of failure. But I had been doing martial arts for... Uh, I started when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things that martial arts teaches you, or if you have a really good teacher, is to appreciate and learn from failure. And so I had this great teacher's name's Mike Payne and uh he has a his school is in uh shirts I think it's called oh, wow. mixed okay. martial arts. So he's still around. Yeah. He's still around, yeah. yeah and if good. you ever have a ch- if you take your kids to this man, he's amazing. Yeah. So he he taught me that uh if something's not working, try something else, but you will never get where you want to go if you if you play it safe. If you don't fail. Failure's the best teacher if you let it be. Yeah. Sometimes people fail and they hate the feeling of failure that they never want to do it again. That's true. And some people are 
learn from that failure and got better at the next time right. and then just can that's how i feel a lot of people can evolve mm-hmm. so uh at 18 i thought i'm gonna take what i've been telling these kids follow your dreams uh set goals you know all these i started listening to tony robbins zig ziglar all these and i had this teacher named mr lipinski when i was in judson mm-hmm. and he would have us listen to zig ziglar and i just thought he was an idiot the teacher <laughs> i was like oh here he is playing a stupid record stupid zig ziglar and <laughs> Uh, but the teacher, he was trying to do something good for the kids, but I could tell he had an agenda and that he wasn't a genuine person. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be a genuine person through Zig Ziglar. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, why don't you just tell us, yeah, yeah. you know, don't have us listen to Zig. You tell us what you learned from Zig. Don't, right. oh, I see. You're trying to give it to us from the source, but you're my source. All you're letting me know is that my teacher needs to learn from somebody else. So you don't know everything. That was my teenage brain. No, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. understanding that, that. Yeah. not understanding that we all are constantly learning. Right, right. So, um, I I started listening to Tony Robbins or my uh, karate teacher, and I all these things about awaken the giant within, and you have mm-hmm. this power. And then I went on this, I went to this seminar with my wife. I was I had gotten married, and I uh, went to this Tony Robbins, and it was uh, 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 something about. Is he really like a big dude? He's pretty big. Yeah, and. I walked on fire that night and, mm. and, uh, it was freezing cold. And so, you, Oh, you like legit walked on fire, legit walked on fire. Oh, so wow, okay. the seminar, I think it was, uh, or the conference was two or three days. I forget how long it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't eat all day, all day. And he, and at the end of it, it wasn't what he said. It was what he made you experience. Like some people, this is what I got out of it. Like you could write down your goals and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of it, he said, you probably noticed that we didn't break for food or to have lunch all day long Mm -hmm. because in my head, I was like, are we not getting fed even though we're paying all this money to, uh, because he's cheap, (laughs) you know, is he trying to save money, which it can be perceived that way. Sure. Yeah. I took it because then he says, I was showing you that your body is so much more than what you give it credit for. And if you listen to your body all the time or, or if you think he was, uh, the, but you should be, I'm, I'm mangling his words. You're good. You're good. Uh, but it was all about, you are capable of doing so much more than you believe. And you thought you were hungry, but you pushed through it. In these times uh, where your body feels exhausted and you feel like you just can't do anymore, well, guess what? You did. And you did it for three days straight. And when you went outside, it was freezing cold. It was in Dallas. Yeah. Freezing cold. We were outside with no jackets on. And he had to say this thing. It was uh, as they lit the fires, it was coals. Because mm-hmm. it's not like a raging yeah, conflagration. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's coals. <laughs> and uh, uh, he had to say cool moss over and over. Cool moss. And that's all you're going to see. And there, and there were many strips of this mm-hmm. coal that there were a lot of people there. Yeah. And I walked over it, and as I walked over it, I said, cool moss. So my feet did not burn at all. Some people's feet did burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine didn't. Not only was I freezing cold, I was able to withstand the cold. I was able to walk on fire, and I was able to not eat. To put my entire body through that, but still remain focused and feeling full of energy, he d- I did learn something. Awesome. I could see it as this guy's just crazy, and he's making people do crazy things, and he's and he's just he just got a lot of money from you guys, mm-hmm. but I chose to see it differently. And when I got back, I was a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
those kinds of things I, I learned only help if you want it to help. Mm-hmm. If you, for some people, uh, uh, it could be like they're sitting down at their dinner table and they looking at a piece of tortilla and they're like, oh, the lady of the Guadalupe came to me <laughs> and that was their thing. Yeah, 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 I yeah. needed a three day conference of Tony. Um, uh, but my life had been leading up to that. So, yeah. so it was I, just like you were needing that moment to kind of push, push you through to the other side. Right. So because I, anybody who's there is looking for that. Right, and I right. chose to let that be the thing. So, um, uh, I decided I'm going to go to, I quit my karate school job, uh, just had a couple of odd jobs as, as I was, and I just be, I just went to the open mic here at the, it was called the River Center Comedy Club yeah, yeah. downtown, which is now the improv. Mm-hmm. I went there and I did my first open mic and uh, it was so brutal. What the only it? person that was in the audience was the bartender. Nobody oh, wow. showed up for the open mics. I I came up in a time where there were no, there were all the comics that were in town were already established, and uh, um, so I was alone in that. And sometimes I would show up to the open mic, and the couple of times the manager, really cool guy. Uh, I don't know if he's still there. Is uh, he? Because I haven't been there in a while, but I hope he is. Uh, his name was Scott Garrett. Just a really cool guy. Yeah, and really cares about and loves comedy. Um. Sometimes he wouldn't even put the mic out for me. He's like, Chris, man, nobody's here, man. Just, we're not going to do it today. Uh, and I was like, but I just drove it from Converse to downtown and I got dressed up and I brought my, he's like, no, just not. It was those sorts of obstacles that were put in front of me. And I just persevered and just kept doing it and kept doing it. And finally, one night uh, after doing the open mic, he goes to the bartender. Hey, what'd you think of him? Or there were, there were two ladies in the audience. And they said, what'd you think of him? Well, he said anyways too much and he was kind of funny. And, and so then I got invited to do the matinee show Mm -hmm. and then I did really well there. And then I got invited to the midnight show and I had been doing, and I was one of those, one of those comedians that had no fear. And I was like this, I'm just destined. Yeah. Yeah. You just had a rocket. Right. And a lot even comedians they people will get to a certain point of, in success and feel that they've made it and they're like okay now i'm good i don't need to move on anymore and i'm just gonna be happy here and i was like no nah, i don't want to just host here at this comedy club i want to be a middle act i wasn't even thinking of headliner yet yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's like so poor man thinking you know uh but yeah, i didn't know at the time to me i was it seemed like i was asking reaching for the star sure uh so i did a midnight show and i got uh there was this comedian that came through and he saw me mm-hmm. and he goes, do you want to go on the road with me? I had just done like a 10 minute set, but killed. Like I was just on fire talking about black people, this and why do fat people and yeah. fat people don't love them. Like I was just hateful. <laughs> um, uh, and that got a lot, that got, that got me a lot of attention. So I quit my job and just went on the road. Just after doing stand up for a year and a half locally, just took off wow. and you didn't see me anymore. I went to uh, I went and did this uh, competition in San Francisco called the uh, San Francisco International Comedy Competition, mm-hmm. uh, and every year hundreds of comedians uh, audition, send tapes in, audition live, and hundreds get rejected. Only thirty are picked wow. for the contest, and um, and out of those thirty, five are five are given the privilege of or, uh, or the honor of being one of the five finalists. Yeah. Because not everybody can do it. And you look at their list, if you go to their website, 
uh, people like Robin Williams, Dane Cook, Ellen DeGeneres, Sinbad, they've all are on this list. Wow. Of people who made the well, final you five. Know, I saw that video that you that you had where you were at the River Center Comedy Club and there was a pic you saw the picture of you right below uh, what was her name? Uh, Felicia Michaels. <sighs> yes. Yeah. But the guy next to you was was it Alfredo Garcia or some like he's I'm sorry, I don't I know we went off sidetrack. Mm-hmm. We got sidetracked, but he was in he was in the the new Batman movies. He was a com- uh, commissioner. He was a, uh, or not the commissioner. He was like the law enforcement. He's he's he was on Bates Motel, the TV show. God, I can't okay. remember his name. But he he was like. So I'm assuming that, that was like was that what you're referring to right now? Like where this group of people with the pictures on them. Um, no, as a matter of okay. fact, yeah. sorry, I got like sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to mention that to you, but no, yeah. No. Um, where, where where was I? I'm so sorry. I forgot. I forgot where you were at, but it was on your website. And I looked at this video. And oh, you're like, the oh. Uh, the list of people. Yes, San Francisco comedy comedy. Yes, there you go. Um, uh, it's possible he was. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, that's not the list. Okay. 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 Uh, this list is. Um, it's. I couldn't believe I made the final five. That's I was awesome. Like, man. Oh, I made it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Even though I was number four, <laughs> I was like, I I was almost number one, and I didn't do well one night. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Um, I would have been number one. Yeah. And then I thought, oh man, this is going to be awesome. And then things just kept getting better and better. And then I moved to New York shortly after, um, got a manager. I was in New York for six months. Um, and I, and I have to say that in comedy, it's, it's who, you know, and who likes you. Um, and I had gotten involved with, uh, this female comedian and I moved to New York with her. She was, when I met her, she was waiting for her apartment. She was like, oh, I'll, I'll let you stay in the other room because I'm getting a two bedroom we ended up having a kid together. Wow. So that lets you know how that happened. But uh, these comics that, that I ended up hanging out with in New York or how I got a, a manager, again, it's who you know I was just... Now, it's who you know that will give you the time to look at you. Right. I got where I am because of the people that I know and I delivered when it counted. So uh, I was with this lady and and you know a lot of comics wanted to sleep with her yeah uh, apparently she was very difficult to sleep with but i was able to uh uh <laughs> see uh, i'm envisioning like like cocktail like tom cruise hooking up with the older chick and like yeah everyone. that's pretty yeah it was like that and uh She's like i got these jobs lined up for you and so um one of the guys uh and i'll say his name yeah. because uh he's passed on is patrice o'neill scott rest his soul oh yeah i've so heard about patrice O'Neill. he wanted to he wanted to bang my my ex wow and he was like hold, hold on who is this guy he's a comedian <laughs> and wait where did he come from and he's able to get her and i'm not so that was kind of like what you were mentioning earlier like you could get that but like yeah okay, yeah I gotta so get it. um so he wanted to uh, because she let me know. He was like, he just wanted to know how you could, you know, what was it about you? He needed to know what, why you could get with me, and he couldn't. Yeah. So Patrice spent a lot of time with, not a lot, but he spent time with me to talk to me about stand-up, get to know me. Because even if he didn't like me, I don't know if he liked me or not, but yeah. he spent, he gave me his time. Uh, he wanted to get to know what was in me that wow. would allow me to get somebody. He he was a self... He, I th- I think he I th- he did graduate. I'm not sure if he has a master's as possible, but he mm-hmm. was always about learning. Mm-hmm. And no matter where it comes from, he's going to learn it. Wow. And so that's why when you listen to Patrice O'Neill, you're like, wow, he's re- he's very opinionated. Yeah. And he's strong in his convictions. Yeah. In his opinions, it's because he continues to learn. He allows himself to listen. Yeah. Uh, to people that he wants to learn from. Sure. So there's this uh, huge. Um, uh, roast the uh, I think it's the Opie and Anthony roast or the roast of Jim Norton I forget who who it is mm-hmm. but um, uh, she's on the dais and 
Um, I helped her write a lot of the jokes. And Patrice was there. And this is what I'm saying. Uh, helping to write the jokes, being around that that. And then Patrice going, and then she's with this Mexican Chris Mata. And, it, <laughs> and that piqued the interest. Who is this Chris Mata from the manager that I ended up getting? He went and saw me at a club, liked my set. We'd like to represent you. I was in New York for six months, had a manager. Wow. Within a year after that, Comedy Central. After that, because I knew her, getting hooked up and knew them. Getting so you hooked did up with, for Comedy Central too? Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of pilots that didn't get picked up. And, yeah. Uh, uh, things very small things, but sure. getting my foot in the door. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, uh, and then we had a child together, and then uh, we split up. And when we split up, all the blame is on me. She says, um, and where I mean, she was the one with all the friends. All those friends gone, uh, so ostracized, blacklisted. Call it what you will. Um, nobody at, at that point wanted to help me out. So that all gone so again it's who you know and who likes you right so what did we learn it's perseverance you just keep going i just kept going uh i stopped doing stand-up for a little while went back to school learned about history learned i wanted to be a better person. whatever mistakes i made in this relationship yeah uh i wanted to make better i wanted to find out whatever it is uh, uh, i changed religion i i was like a cath uh christian catholic whatever Mm -hmm. um uh, but in New York, I had already started to question God. And by the time I got to Los Angeles, I was without religion. Wow. Um, so trying to find answers and in, in how do I become this this person that I see that I would like to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then thinking that my career was dead, just doing a spot here and there. I do have to say that there was a night that came where I was on, I drove to the top of Mulholland Falls in my rent rental car, be, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how long I would have a rental car for because I had no job. I was like, it, um, and just yelled out to the to the universe, "I'm sorry," and whatever I did wrong, just yeah. where do I need to go? Sometimes you just need to have those. Mo- or I do. Uh, no, I, I get like, right? like like almost like that come to come to Jesus yeah. thing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I did that, and then I was homeless. Like, I was just homeless in L.A. like twice. Wow. But how bad do I want this stand-up? How bad do I want it? And do I believe in myself? And is this what I've been reduced to, that I'm going to let all these other people... Because if I'm a strong person, I know who I am, and it's not what she says happened. There were more... Uh, there are two sides to every story. Right. And if everybody uh, would just get out of my business, I thought... I'll be fine. But I realized I just don't need to think about those people in my business right. and just focus on what I'm doing. So that's what I did. And I got this, uh, I was at the LOL comedy club here in San Antonio. Right. And I got hooked up with this comedian named Mitch Fatel. Mm-hmm. And Mitch saw me and he liked me and he goes, would you like to open for me? Mitch Fatel is a big name and, uh, in standup, mm-hmm. uh, commands a lot of money a lot of respect and it's a two-man show what he and i would do and he paid me really well wow and he took me all over the country that's awesome man and it got me back on the map of stand-up and i was talking to him about that and he goes chris don't you know uh i thought that all of the clubs that i was in that she helped me get into uh either i burned a bridge with or they won't talk to me because they're whatever it is um i was like man i can't even go back to uh, cause she, 
she just monopolized everything. It's right. Everywhere she goes, they're going to know that I was with her because I'm dead. Mitch introduced me to a whole other comedy community. Wow. I was no longer doing these B rooms. Now we're just doing improvs all over the country. And he was like, there, whatever was going on, Chris, to you, she was a cancer and you're rid of that. And there's more. And then I was like, this is great. Started writing more. Uh, went back to school at the same time doing st- it's just uh, a renaissance if you will yeah so it's kind of like when you feel like what I'm getting is like when you're at your lowest point we as humans will fight to get yeah where we get where we can when what I've my experience has been that if you risk very little your reward is very little mm-hmm. unless it's a lotto ticket right uh but even then you had to risk going outside crossing the street yeah. you don't know what could happen right it's dangerous out there yeah it is so uh um the further i got up and then the further i fell from uh fell into obscurity mm-hmm. that i realized that however far you you go down or however far you're pulled back like it's going to shoot you twice as far and what I gave up, and I don't even want to say sacrifice because it, I don't believe that we make, if you make sacrifices, that becomes a very selfish, if you're like, oh, poor me, mm-hmm. I made a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, you're still selfish. There's no selflessness that I'm hearing. It's, no, what you did in your journey. Maybe you didn't eat. Was that a sacrifice? I don't know. I have no idea, but I choose to see it as I did these things to learn. I, I didn't have to be homeless. It's not a sacrifice I made. Right. I could have easily driven back to Texas and lived with my mom. Right. Um, uh, I didn't make the sacrifice for my child because at first I was like, no, I got to stay. My kid's here. And that's what I used to get to, for strength. But I realized, no, it's, I, it would have been fine. It was because I don't want to look back at my kid and go, I sacrificed for you so that I could be here. I'm not going to put that on him. Mm-hmm. It's on me. I did it for myself. It was my own selfish reasons that I wanted to stay and do stand up. I wanted to see how much I believed in myself. Right. And the fact that my ex told me once we broke up and she she was like, "Get out of my apartment." And I was like, "But I paid." And she just threw money back in my face. She was like, "Well, then take your stupid." She went to the bedroom, got cash, just threw it at, "Just take it, go." I was like, uh, "Okay, I'll I'll go." And and now I'm gone, but how bad do I want this? How much do I believe in myself? Right. And I decided a lot and it's worth every because I, I cannot lay my head on my pillow at night thinking that I didn't try when she threw that money in my face uh she said so do you want me to drive you to the airport now so you can uh-huh. go back and live with your mom and I, that was all I needed to hear oh. what she doesn't know and if she ever listens to this what yeah. she doesn't know is that had she not said that I would have gone back home Wow. It's all of the, it's every, what you put out into the universe comes back to you. Mm-hmm. And she put that out into the universe, into my world. Yeah. Do you need to go back home to your mom? No, I don't. Yeah. And I will be just happy living in a car. So thank you. No, I don't. And I left. And that was it. That was enough anger in me that I was going to keep To feel going. the fire. Right. Get you to. And then, uh, which leads me to finding the path, going to school, uh, um, getting remarried, uh, uh, living, you know, having a very lovely, beautiful wife, beautiful mm-hmm. family, um, and then learning, to be, learning to be grateful. Getting into politics, learning what am I? Am I'm responsible for whatever it is these things that I'm saying? What is my contribution to uh, our culture? Um, uh, because 
uh, I, I now have children and I want to leave a better country. I'm going to get into student government and I'm going to do this and th- I'm going to try to make a difference. Right, the right, only right. way I know how. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. So have you, have you ever performed at the comedy store? I have to ask. Yes, there's a not, there's a not on the main stage. There are different stages. Right, right. I performed on. I think there's three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, on all of them except for on the, except for the main stage. I just haven't. Wow, well, I mean, you were there at the prestigious. Yeah, at the at the in the belly room of the the belly room, and then the other room. I forget yeah. what it's. But uh, I mean, it's it really is. If you think about it, just another comedy club. Yeah. There's, I think it's just because Kinnison was there at one point, and all these other people came through there. I had no idea that Polly Shore's mom ran it yeah yeah i never met her i don't mm-hmm. know what her deal is polly's there on occasion like mm-hmm. i'll see him mm-hmm. uh i don't i really don't hang out there and mm-hmm. um i feel like um there there are different crowds to be in and, and sure, I, sure. I i hang out at the improv yeah the melrose improv that's so, where you'll mostly so find do you it. like doing more improv than anything else yeah only because it's so funny that i've done Every improv in the country, almost every improv, but yeah. the Melrose improv, I, all I do is just hang out at the bar. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I like hanging out. I yeah. like the vibe of the, uh, the ice house. I do a lot of, uh, um, mm-hmm. I like that vibe there. Um, but other than that, when, if, if I'm in town, uh, I normally just like to stay home and I like to, uh, or go to the coffee shop and I mm-hmm. write, I'm mostly writing now when I'm in LA and just doing like spots here and there and. I hooked up with this uh, agency. It's called the Comedy Cartel mm-hmm. because they. I did the uh, Burbank Comedy Festival mm-hmm. in 2015, and they had this uh, Best of the Fest, and mm-hmm. I was one of the Best of the Fest. He saw me there. We were just talking, and he was like, "Oh, I have this idea for uh, uh, these corporate events." Yeah, and he's like, "But," uh, and he said, "I love what you're doing with the family, and it's perfect for what I'm doing. What what the agency's going to do, and uh, and would you be available?" So. He was like, you just need an hour of clean material, which uh, my, I know for a fact, in my own experience, it's hard to find a comedian that can do an hour of just clean family-oriented material right. and it not be hacky. Because I know that um, I looked at what other comedians are doing uh, when they're family-oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you look at Tom Papa, he talks about being a family. Uh, um, there was another Australian or British comedian and they all talk about how uh, the child runs the house or yeah, uh, we're always late or when you have a family uh, oh when you have a girl just expect to be late everywhere if she's a mm-hmm. teenager because she's going to make you late and I'm like no it's it's not like that what you're doing is you're putting and, uh, and, but they do it in a very funny way Tom Papa very funny yeah. uh, it's just whatever he's saying on stage I have a difference of opinion mm-hmm. that's all and um, my my feeling is no, you don't have to be late. And what you're doing is you're reinforcing the idea, this Disney idea, that children are in charge and that children should listen or that you should listen to your children. Um, so I decided I'm going to give these solutions and this is what I do because my house is clean, honestly, because I have four children. It's not a mess. I have, and this is what I say, in the, I have four interns running around the house cleaning up after me because they're... They're earning their keep. So uh, we went to Disney. We went to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I had. Um, I have my son. I have a son that lives here, and he yeah. comes to visit every summer. <clears throat> and uh, so we have four. And I also bring my niece, and so I have five children in the in the house with me. 
Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was so funny. I would yeah. take them on auditions. As I also do commercials from time to time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would take them to auditions and I would have five kids lined up in the <laughs> just waiting for me to go into the audition room. Yeah. Um, but they, I could do that because they were so well behaved. Yeah. Nobody's running around. Yeah. And if somebody, if, if somebody steps out of line, one of the older children gets on the younger one because um, in my house, I'm the boss. Right. I'm the president. Now, if somebody at McDonald's isn't doing their job, the president doesn't come from the White House and scolds the cashier. There's a chain of command. Right, right, right. So many chains that's so far removed from the president. Right, right, well, that's right. That's how it is in my house. No, well, okay. The yeah. Godfather doesn't speak to you directly, <laughs> right? You speak to to Sal or or I heard whatever. You, I heard your yeah. bit on that. Yeah, so that's uh, you, see, cool. um, uh, you speak to them. So if one of the younger ones is stepping out of line, you get one of the older kids first. Don't have it come to me because mm-hmm. then we're you're gonna have serious problems um so that's what i would say in the house it's just what i say goes and it's not nobody has control over anything that we're doing especially not a child so we go to disneyland and what i teach the kids is to be grateful mm-hmm. you always be grateful of course and uh we're in line to magic mountain yeah and it's this long line is having a problem with the with the ride yeah, yeah. And I, I have my uh, stepdaughter. She's there. And at the time, I guess, she, she's 13 now. Maybe she was 11 at the time. Yeah. And we're waiting in line. And she goes, oh, this is... She starts complaining. Just... And, I, and, I, and I'm listening to my wife, you know, look, uh, uh, please stop. You know, do you want to, do you want to go get uh, some soda or do, do you want uh, some snacks or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't eat, mom. It's just this, we're in this line and uh, how long is this going to take? And, yeah. and then I became, then I, uh, you like, be- you had to step in. Yeah. I stepped in because there's uh, even though I'm the stepdad, I, the, I believe that, and we had this talk that uh, my wife and I let her deal with it first. Okay, baby. And then finally I just go, Okay, you're just going to have to stop talking right now. You wanted to come here. You wanted to come to Disneyland, and you would not stop talking about Disneyland. And then she wanted to say something. I said, you do not speak when I'm speaking. And this is in line. Wow. And all the parents are turned around. Yeah. And I go, I did not spend $800 today just so you can ar- just so you can complain in line. Did any of us come here so that we could sit here in line and hear you complain? We all feel the same way, but what we don't need is to hear it. So I'm going to ask that you be quiet and appreciate that I spent $800 to come here because you asked for it. Quiet. Wow. Everybody in line, you could see the look in their eyes like, oh my God, you can, you can say things like that? You can... <laughs> yeah. And she was good the rest of the day. But wow. it's just how, control, how much control do you have over your family? When it comes to even riding around in the car and she wants to listen to her music... Mm-hmm. She I, and I had to tell her this. You have no idea how long I had to wait to have control over the radio in the car. So I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the time now that I have that I've put in the time because my dad we had to listen to the oldie station. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. listen to Bobby Brown right, right. when I was a kid. <laughs> Every little step. Do you know how hard I wanted to hear <laughs> Stevie B? I, I know how this you know? goes, man. Yeah. No, no. You know, he didn't like Stevie B. I did. He didn't like the Bengals. I did. But yet I had to listen to Always and Forever. I had to listen. To, no. I put in my time, you do, because my wife was like, Chris, can you just let her let? No, I can't. I waited 35 years. Well, I started driving when I was 15. <laughs> but I didn't wait 15 years to, yeah, yeah. to 
to not have control over my yeah, yeah. radio. And that in that moment when you first get your car and you're driving, you play what you want to feel. You're like, yeah, yep. that's that's the most yep. amazing feeling in the world. So <clears throat> that's one of the better feelings. Believe you me, when she gets her car, she's gonna appreciate. Oh yeah, every little freedom that she has. And when you look at the big picture, when you've worked hard to achieve a certain amount of independence and freedom, you will not let that go. Yep. But if you learn to take it for granted, or if you were just given to it because you're entitled to it, yeah. like freedom of speech, like right yeah. to bear arms, like due process, mm-hmm. then you're like, if you didn't put the work in to get it, you don't appreciate it and you will gladly give it away. Mm-hmm. But if you teach, I feel that if I teach my children to be grateful, they will hold on to everything that they've earned. And that's a good point, man. I think... That's the best way to end it, man. We, uh, yeah. We've gone like an hour and 40 minutes. Really? <laughs> yes. Dang. Well, are you going to break it up or is it just going to be one I, solid? You know what? I think I might split it into two just because, I mean, or I can, I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever do, you do, do with it, it I'm great, sure it's going to be man. good. I just, I, I just went with it, man. Yeah. I don't often, it's so funny. No, it's cool. I'm fine. Yeah. But what you saying? You don't often. Uh, just go off. Like, I'm usually just listening. Yeah. Like if you listen to Mel's podcast, she's, you know, we're just going back, back and forth. Yeah. I've, uh, thank you for giving me the, uh, uh, the, the, I don't know, the spotlight platform, or the yeah, platform yeah. Yeah, yeah, to, to speak. I normally I'm listening, trying to take it all in, seeing what I can learn. So I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I, I've even learned what about myself, what I've said. So yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey man. Well, um, before we go, can you want to plug your stuff and, uh, yeah, if you go to, uh, Chris That's C H R A S M A T A. Okay. Um, my that's my website yeah. uh you can find me on facebook there i think facebook is comedian chris mata my twitter is chris mata show like it's the chris mata show except it's just chris mata show yeah um and i have my tour dates i have uh youtube videos um just look around i have uh a cd available i'm yeah. i'm now this weekend i don't know if you're gonna release i don't know but uh and i don't want to sound sound dated so i'll just say that this weekend I'm recording my new CD where mm. it's all family oriented and yeah. children will be able to listen to it and anybody will be able to because my stand up my the CD that I recorded last time was I recorded it in 2014 mm-hmm. and just 2 years later a uh not a brand new set but a uh, a set that's been reimagined yeah. and added onto and uh you'll you'll hear a different sort of comedian on mm. that on that CD yeah yeah Man, I really appreciate it, man. It was really cool to meet you and talk with you. And well, oh, likewise, likewise. Yeah, man. It was just, me. just hearing it all, man. It was great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Again, so like I mentioned, what an amazing, brilliant, funny guy. I mean, just knows a lot of you know knows a lot about comedy, knows a lot about life, and he incorporates that into his routine. And that makes for an amazing comedian and an amazing podcast guest. And I found him because I listened to Mel Talk, the podcast, and I reached out to him, like I said, and he's from Texas. He was actually in Texas at the time. He spends most of his time in California. It was a thrill to talk to him. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time while you were visiting for a couple of weeks in Texas to do my podcast. I really appreciate it. Those of you got, those of you who liked what you heard, check out his stuff. He's got a lot of stuff coming out from... He's coming out with another CD, like you mentioned. Check out his stuff on uh, if you're on Twitter at, at Chris Mata Show, uh, Facebook page. Uh, Facebook, I think he's got a Facebook page at Chris Mata Show. I, no, well, anyway, check him out. He's got great stuff. Anyway, um, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the show. 
Thank you for taking the time to always listen to the show. If you've been listening since episode one, now the way, oh, now all the way to episode fifty-three, and now we're heading into uh, the last episode of the year for twenty sixteen, and uh, I'll be looking forward to that. But here's the thing: I do have something I want to ask you. If you guys, for the one-year anniversary, if you guys have questions, if you guys have anything you want to add, if you want to say something about my podcast email me roelsjr at gmail.com if you want to come questions submitted for the one year anniversary show I'm already starting to work and kind of get the gears rolling and you know what tell me your favorite episode I would love to know that um, I think the idea is we're going to play some clips from some of my favorite episodes and I think I may have like Nick from Epic Film Guys come and help me with it uh, it's going to be kind of fun because uh always entertaining to, to work with Nick and it's always entertaining to podcast and especially with this anniversary show coming up I'm giving you guys a good little window we're about a month out so um try to come up with something yeah so anyway social media Twitter Instagram at Roel Santos Jr. Facebook page at facebook.com slash roll the road give it a like comment whatever and email me again like I said roelsjrgmail.com and thank you all for listening to the show uh you've been listening and stay tuned as the world of road turns have a great week, guys. We'll see you on Friday.